we've been looking at uh, Nehemiah, and in Nehemiah, uh, we looked at last week how everyone is part of God's building project, how uh, everyone builds. Uh, that's something that we looked at last week. And in this building project that we looked at last week, we looked at how so many different people had a part to play in the building up of the walls of Jerusalem. There were different families, uh, different age groups, uh, men and women, were, all were taking their part in, in building. And so as we've been thinking about Nehemiah and the Old Testament rebuilding of Jerusalem, we've been thinking in terms of building as we, as God's church, are a spiritual temple being built up for God's glory here at St. Barnabas. This week, uh, we <laughs> see trouble in paradise. Uh, Jerusalem, well not really paradise, <laughs> is having a bit of trouble because there's division amongst the people. Division's happening because when pe- the people went into exile, there was a bunch of people that were left there and they began to just live as the way the rest of the world lives and they lived for their own gain. They, they lived to build up their wealth because uh, wealth is the common denominator in terms of power. You can buy protection. Uh, You can bribe whoever you need to bribe to ensure your safety. Uh, Wealth was the common denominator that drove safety. And so the nobles that we heard about last week, there was uh, nobles contributing to the building of walls. There was some nobles that that didn't do their job, but they were all claiming their taxes. They, They were getting their money and their wealth uh, from the different people that had come back from exile. We don't know exactly what was happening, whether they, the people were effectively renting the land or the houses that they were in. Well, we do know that the nobles of that time were extracting from them more than they had. So they had to borrow in order to be able to repay them. Uh, they could barely put food on the table. They were rebuilding the walls. And so one of the likely things that was happening was they weren't able to actually do the work of getting food uh, ready the way that they usually would have. And as a result, uh, they were struggling. And the ones that were causing them to struggle were their own people. Uh, We we look at it and uh, we go, well, yeah, everyone's... Cameron's not paying my rent. (laughs) Well, I don't know effectively is because I live in the vicarage, but, you know... (laughs) Bad example. We're not paying each other's rent. We're not each other's landlords. We, we don't have a problem uh, like that here. Uh, but for them and for us, uh, the well-being of community is everyone's responsibility. Uh, for us here, we're not interlinked financially. We're not dealing with uh, debt, debtors and uh, we're not uh, tenants and landlords and our Financial dependency is not interlinked. But for them and us, the principle that it's talking about is community well-being and how that was everyone's responsibility. Uh, When you look at this chapter of Nehemiah and what happens, for us, uh, with our modern Western individualistic family mindset, we go, what was going on? Like, you know, if you've got rent to pay, you pay your rent. I don't pay someone else's rent. Uh, But... In uh, Deuteronomy, uh, which frames this passage and the the law that Nehemiah is talking about, uh, Deuteronomy talks about in the seventh year that uh, people's debts 
will be forgiven. That every seventh year, that if someone was a slave, the slaves were set free, uh, debts were forgiven. And it says, as a consequence of living this way, upholding this law, this way of being as a community, uh, there will, however, be no one in need among you because the Lord is sure to bless in the land uh, that the Lord your God is giving you as a possession to occupy. If only you will obey the Lord your God by diligently observing this entire commandment that I command you today. And it goes on to also say in Deuteronomy uh, 15.10, uh, Give liberally and be ungrudging when you do so, for on this account the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. And so there's more instructions in Deuteronomy. You can look up Deuteronomy 15. And, and it speaks of how uh, even if it's the sixth year and someone comes to you and they need a loan, uh, don't be begrudging because you know that in the seventh year that you're going to have to wipe away that debt. Uh, think of everyone. Give liberally. Uh, be ungrudging when you do so because the Lord's going to bless you. When we are generous, the Lord prospers us. When we're generous within the community of God, the, the Lord gives us prosperity. Now, this isn't a prosperity gospel, so to speak. This is just the way the economics of the kingdom of God work. When we're responsible with the, the wealth that we've been given and we use it as a blessing, God gives us more wealth to use so that we may be a blessing to others. And so... For the, the Jewish people that were in Jerusalem going through this building project, they were really challenged to think, well, actually, you're no longer building up your own kingdom. Jerusalem is the city of God. It's the, the people of God we're building up together. We build together, we grow together, and the well-being of the community is everyone's responsibility. And... So he says to them this in Nehemiah 5.9. He says, Should you not walk in the fear of our God to prevent the torts of the nations, our enemies? What they've been trusting in is their wealth to protect them against their enemies. Uh, now God has made a declaration of freedom over his people, that they can return from exile, that they are to build and to grow if they're pursuing wealth, they're not walking in the fear of God, whose plan is for freedom by constraining and enslaving and even selling off. Can you imagine that? Selling off your friend or your, your, your neighbor to, to be a slave in a foreign land. They, they were living the same way and they're being challenged. Don't live that way as the people of God. You're no longer part of the way the nations work. You are God's people and you're called to live as God's people. And so Nehemiah is reminding them of their identity, who it is that they are, and how it is that the people of God behave in relationship with each other. And so as they hear Nehemiah talk about this, they're really convicted as they're reminded of the law and the, the way the law commands them to relate so that things will go well. They're really convicted, and as a result they say, oh, well, well we're going to forgive our debts. We're going to give back the money. We're going to release people from the bonds of slavery and... Uh, Nehemiah is wise because he, he makes them swear an oath, uh, but they do it anyway. And uh, Nehemiah in his oath, you, you would have seen this little line that uh, anyone who doesn't actually fulfill what they've been called to do will be shaken from the community. And that's, that's actually, a, uh, we see that through the Bible that as 
God calls us to live. When we don't live that way, there's a, there's a shaking. And, and Paul says, look out lest you be uh, shaken uh, when uh, it, it's, yeah. So how do, how do we work uh, with this? We don't have a big problem with division here. That's fantastic. Uh, we don't have a problem with debts and debtors and our society doesn't really operate the, the way that they operated then. How does this uh, apply to us? Well, we've been thinking about ourselves as a spiritual temple being built up. And so we've been using this building imagery. One of the other images that the Bible uses is uh, we're all uh, baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 uh, it says this, uh, and so this is continuing on uh, from where Paul introduces that picture of the body. It says, If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole uh, body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, uh, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts that we think are less honorable... We treat with special honor, and the parts that aren't presentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. I love this picture of the body. Uh, and if you... If, the unpresentable parts. The, it's, Paul's really frank. He talks about the whole body here. And he says every part of the body is actually useful. Uh, it's, not, it's like with a building. You, you miss the cornerstone. You miss blocks that the building falls down. With a body, if it's missing parts or parts don't work, it doesn't work. There's some level, a human body, if it's missing parts, has to over-function or be compensated in some way in order to function wholly. My uh, friend uh, this week found out that his son, uh, his young son's just got type 1 diabetes. So he's no longer able to produce insulin himself. Part of his body's not working. And so a compensation needs to be done in terms of measuring blood glucose and uh, responding to that. And for the rest of his life, he's going to be having injections in order to manage part of the body that's not working. Uh, division happens and separates the body. What we're called to be is one body. That we would all be connected and concerned for each other. And when, we, when we're not connected, when a part of the body doesn't perform its function, then the body doesn't work. The body has to compensate and stretch and grow. And... The reality for all of us is that we are essential to the body of Christ. You are essential to the body of Christ. Uh, when you don't perform your function within the body, 
The body misses you. Uh, when the body doesn't work according to the way it's shaped and designed, uh, the body misses you. Now, uh, no one hears the head. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the body. Uh, when the body's trying to go a different way to where Jesus is looking and going, it doesn't work. Your, your body can't be in two places at the one time. And it's the same with us. Uh, you're essential to the body of Christ. And so, uh, you know, multitasking, it's a myth. And multitasking for the body of Christ is about us working in sync and working together. Uh, for the people that are around you, they're essential to the body of Christ. And so I want us to just turn to the, the people near us and say, you are essential to the body of Christ. Go. You're essential. <laughs> if you were missing, when you were missing, part of Jesus' body represented here as Deep Creek is not able to fully function. When we don't do what God's called us to do, and, and it may be that you're an unpresentable part, or maybe that's how you view yourself when you're called to be presentable. But when we don't perform our function, the body misses out. The body is not fully able to work according to how it was designed. For the people of Nehemiah, they were struggling because they were building a wall and yet they were being taxed and burdened down by those that were there and meant to be supporting them. Uh, when we consider that and consider how we as a body are meant to function, when we hold back from each other uh, rather than giving of what we've got, the, the body suffers as a result. But when we give of what we've got and we give generously and abundantly, and let, let's face it, the, the most... Uh, uh, difficult thing to give often today is our time. Uh, when we don't give of our time to, to the work of God, and it's not just the work here, it's that we have a, as the body of Christ, we're built up to look outwards and fulfill Jesus' mission. When we don't give of what we have, then the body uh, suffers as a result. And so what we need is this kind of, as a people of God, one body mindset that we would think about how we function together, how we support each other, how we're interlinked, how we can bear one another's burdens, how we can encourage one another, because we're part of the one body. And that, it, that is who we are. That's our identity. Like Nehemiah was reminding them that this is who they're called to be and the law uh, is put in place to remind them of that. Well, well, actually, this is who we're called to be, the one body represented as St. Barnabas uh, here in Bourne Road. And so in that, we need a sense of one body mission. What is it that we are on about together? And as we share in the what is, in it, what is it that we're on about together, we walk in the same direction. Because if we're trying to walk different directions, the, the body doesn't work. The leg goes one way and the leg goes the other way and the, the, the body does the splits and that doesn't feel good for anyone else. And so division doesn't work. I'm thankful that I've come into a church that doesn't have lots of problems with division. I'm really thankful for the, the unity that we share, the, the community, and the great sense of togetherness that's here. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, as we think about walking, though, uh, and where we're going, and what vision and mission looks like for us, 
uh, we're taking steps. And so uh, you would have seen the strategic steps document. And part of the reason we're taking steps is because we're figuring out how to walk together as we listen to Jesus as the people of God to where he's leading. And in that process of stepping out, there's always going to be times where I want to go one way and you want to go another way and someone else wants to go another way. And the, the learning for us is how do I be generous with my priorities? I don't know about you, uh, but I'm not like my grandpa who woke up every morning for 50 years and made his wife a cup of coffee and breakfast in bed. I, I, haven't, I wake up and I think about what I want to do with my time. And you may be really good and you may think of everyone else as you wake up. But for, for me, when I wake up, I think of my priorities and my thoughts are often really selfish. Now, your thoughts are probably of everyone else, but maybe they're not. Maybe you wake up and you go, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? What do I, how do I want to use my time? Well, if we're the body of Christ, there should be a sharing in of what's God's priority for me? Because his spirit knits us together and gives us similar priorities that we can walk in the same direction. What's God's priority for me being part of the people of God? And how can I take part in that? And that requires a humility and a generosity that I would give up some of my privilege or freedom in order to serve other people. And so I think this passage for me raises two questions for us. How can we give up freedom or privilege to serve others or be connected and part of others? How can we share the burden of others? And that requires us to look outside of ourselves to the needs that are around us. It requires us to be prompted by the Spirit to follow what it is that God has for us as a people. And so hopefully as we step out our strategic steps over the six months, towards the end of six months, we'll have a bit of clarity on our vision and mission and we'll what we're walking uh, together in as particularly 1030, how we can be God's people and walk out his mission. And in that, we're going to face challenges. So how can we give up freedom or privilege? How can we share burden with others? In this, I think there's a challenge. Uh, Nehemiah gave us this really uh, great example of how he was generous in not taking on the privileges that he had as part of his role. He could have taken on property. Uh, he could have taken on food and banquets all the time because that was his entitlement as the person that was governor over the land. Yet he sought not to take any of that for himself. And so he, he lived as an example of how he was calling them to live in relationship with each other, not uh, making the most of freedom or privilege, but actually giving that up to serve the people. And when he calls them back into alignment, he doesn't call them as someone that's judging them. You're, he, he's angered by it. But he doesn't say, you, you are terrible people, you've done the wrong thing, uh, as, as a result I'm going to kick you out of the positions. He reminds them of who they are. And he reminds them of the standard of relationship that they're called into. And as... They are convicted about that. He keeps them accountable to the change that they actually desire to pursue. They weren't forced into it. And so he calls them up to a better standard of being as the people of God there in Jerusalem. For us, sometimes we, we can see people not living their part out in the body. And we 
can be doing more than anyone else in terms of our contribution and we can find sometimes that we can move into a place of judgment against people that are not contributing. But we're actually called to live as an example and then to call other people up, remind them of who they are and the value that they have as part of the body of Christ. And then the, the final thing I think we need to do is we need to actually be thankful for the different parts of the body. Uh, we need to recognize parts that are doing lots and lots of work and contributing more than their fair share uh, to the body in order for us to be able to even just meet as a church on, on a Sunday. And so we are thankful for the people around us that make those contributions and sacrifice by laying down some of their own freedom to enable us to be the people of God here. And so I want us to pause now and just thank the people around you for the contribution that they make. So just pause and thank the the people near you, behind you, in front of you. I'm thankful for the, the contribution that you, you make as part of God's um, body here at St. Barnabas. I'm thankful for the part that you play. I'm thankful for the work that has been done in the past. Uh, there's lots of past contributions that have enabled us to be uh, where we are today. I'm thankful for the generosity of, of many people in uh, contribution with, with work and finances and heart uh, poured into this place. I'm thankful for the things that you do in the present. And I'm also thankful for the things that we're going to do together in the time to come. We're part of one body. Uh, We're called to one mission under Jesus to uh, represent him in this world, to to live out and fulfill his mission in the world. And we're called to do it together. And each part, each one of you is valuable in the mission of God. And so I'm thankful for you and the part that you play. Let me pray for us. Uh, Lord God, thank you that you call us to uh, be uh, your body. I thank you for that image of uh, interdependence and dependence on you. Uh, Lord, as we learn and grow and are shaped by you, uh, continue to, to work in us as your people. Continue to shape us as your people. Show us, Lord, the the parts that we can play to help your body to function well here at St. Barnabas. Uh, Give us uh, great uh, vision for what you have. Uh, Help us to know when we're we're called to uh, give up our freedom or privilege to serve others. Bless us, Lord, as we're generous uh, with what you've given us, Lord, in time, money, resources. Uh, Lord, help us to be generous towards each other in the way that we uh, treat each other, to to love each other well, live as an example to each other, to encourage each other. I continue to work in us and through us as your people. uh, Grow us and shape us uh, that we will work together and live for you in this world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.